Hello and welcome to Punch a Hole in the Wind, a look at some of the great thoroughbred racehorses who have graced our racetracks all around the world over the last century or so. I'm Ollie Hine and it's great of you to join me on this exciting trip down memory lane. My aim is to both remind you of some of your heroes from years gone by, but also to introduce you to some others whom you may not be so familiar with. We revert today to the post-war years, in this case in the United States where a wonderful racing machine set a US record of 16 consecutive victories that would not be matched in that country for many decades. Yet the greed of his connections was almost his downfall. That citation is not instinctively mentioned by every racing fan in the US in the same breath as Secretariat and Man of War is simply wrong. And it is due to one thing only. Greed. Citation was a spellbinding cult, but one who bucks a certain trend. While so many great horses discussed here seem to get better at age four, Citation should have been retired at three. But brilliance has a price, and in Citation's case, that price was exactly one million dollars. With Bull Lee as a sire, and Hydroplane, a daughter of Hyperion, as a dam, Citation had the blue blood to match the blue grass of Kentucky, where he was foaled at the all-conquering Calumet farm. He quickly matured it too, so trainer Ben Jones sent him out nine times in 1947, each time under Al Snyder. He won eight, only once coming second to his stable companion, Bewitch, in the Washington Park Futurity. He was still named champion two-year-old. It was in February 1948, however, that Jones finally appreciated that he had an absolute world-beater on his hands. Citation was about to embark on an unparalleled three-year-old season. He had grown a little over the winter to 16 hands, but was so well put together, despite a long, flat croup, that his athleticism came to the fore. Before even starting his prep races for the Triple Crown, Jones entered him in two all-age handicaps, highly unconventional so early in a three-year-old season, when they are still growing. Citation easily beat top-rated older horse armed, and now people really took notice. The charismatic, posing colt quite liked the attention. Next, though, there was tragedy. A few days after riding Citation to victory in the Flamingo Stakes, Snyder took a short fishing trip off the Florida Keys with two friends. Out of nowhere, a nasty squall appeared. Eight days later, their upside-down skiff was found, but of the three men, nothing was ever seen again. Distraught, Jones quickly secured the services of Eddie Arcaro, the master, and the most naturally gifted and stylish jockey of his generation, albeit possessor of an equally world-class temper. The partnership started poorly, with Citation being defeated by unfancied Saggy, over six furlongs at the now-defunct Havre de Grasse track in Maryland. Excuses abounded, and there was talk of it being as shocking as Man of War versus Upset 29 years earlier. But ultimately, it was just a blip. And a mere five days later, the two horses met again, with the placings comprehensively reversed. Meanwhile, the Triple Crown itself beckoned next, and Citation took each leg more easily than the last. It wasn't set up to be a cakewalk, however. Up against him was a horse with, at the time, 
an equally lofty reputation. Stablemate Coltown, also a son of Bull Lee, had hacked up in the blue grass stakes, was unbeaten in five races, and was going to make a race of it. Despite the unpleasantly muddy ground, Coltown bolted six lengths clear in the back stretch of the Kentucky Derby, but Arcaro bided his time, reeled him in, and won going away by three and a half lengths. It was the third of a record eight Kentucky Derbies that Calumet would take in that pomp. In a heartwarming gesture, Arcaro gave half his winning money to Al Snyder's widow. The Preakness he won by nearly twice as far, and before the Belmont Stakes, Jones squeezed the Jersey Derby in for good measure, citation romping home by 11 lengths in a track record. The Belmont itself was a procession, Jones's amazing colt surging clear by eight lengths in the home stretch. However, it could so easily not have been. In the build-up, Arcaro confidently stated that the only way I could lose this race is if I fall off the horse. One can only imagine his heart pounding, therefore, as leaving stall one, Citation stumbled, nearly heaving Arcaro out of the saddle right at the start. It was also the first Triple Crown race to be shown live on national TV, albeit in front of a limited TV audience. Overall, though, his Triple Crown was unquestionably every bit as easy and convincing as Secretariat's many years later. In all, Citation ran no fewer than 20 times that year, losing only that early season race against Saggy. This included a 15-race winning streak against top company. Being voted US Horse of the Year was a given. He was utterly versatile in the truest sense. He could charge from behind, or he could lead from the off. He could act on dirt and on grass. He won over seven furlongs and two miles. But equally, it speaks volumes to Citation's immense durability and resilience that he kept it up, his smooth, fluid stride and relentless will to win, ensuring that he became the biggest sporting draw of the age, in person and in print. The handicapper rated him an unprecedented 15 pounds above his nearest peer. But then, the greed took over. Trying to get as much prize money out of citation as possible, Jones was still running him in December, and although he won the Tanferan handicap, he returned lame. Not surprising, as the poorly laid track had barely any dirt covering the concrete beneath. A year of endless pounding on hard surfaces meant that Citation had developed an oscillate, a stress-induced trauma causing arthritis in his front left fetlock joint. He was sent to recuperate and bar-fired. The most graceful of retirements should then have ensued. This wonderful horse had nothing left to prove. Except Calumet Farm, spurred by Jones, were desperate for their champion horse to be the first to ever win $1 million. It was obsessional. Citation had to sit out the whole of the 1949 season, where ironically, the emerging horse of the year would be none other than stablemate Coltown, who won 12 of his 13 races and only made Citation's connections and fans think of what might have been. After what felt like an age but was in fact 13 months later, as a five-year-old back in training, Citation was sent to race after race to try to get to that mythical mark. After winning a small race first time out, 
his 16th in a row, he was beaten, again and again, with the injury clearly having taken so much out of him. His nemesis was Nor, an ex-English turf colt brought over to the California dirt, and who thrived in the sun. Again, good as Nor was, there was an overall feeling that pre-injury citation would have eaten him for breakfast. As 1950 drew to a close, and with Calumet's owner Warren Wright close to his deathbed, he made Jones promise that he would keep citation in training for as long as it took him to pass that $1 million mark. With citation clearly not happy, it seemed to some that the ongoing infatuation was blinding connections to the central issue of horse welfare. Finally, now as a six-year-old, and with Wright having passed away, citation was sent to California and strung together three victories, including the Hollywood Gold Cup, ironically, beating Bewitch. The mythical barrier was reached, although inflation would soon render its achievement moot anyway. To all who had stood back in wonder at the great Colt's early career, it felt like something of a Pyrrhic victory. Only then was Citation, by now frankly falling apart, given his long overdue retirement. At stud, he started off well, siring a Preakness winner, from which it went steeply downhill. His last hurrah came not in the breeding shed, though, but by the whirrings of an extremely primitive computer in 1968. Programmed to set up a race of the century involving all the big US champion thoroughbreds to that point, Citation found himself winning by a neck from Man o' War, with Native Dancer, Kelso, Count Fleet, Tom Fool and others behind. Make of that what you will. Certainly, in ESPN's listings of their greatest 100 North American athletes of the 20th century, Citation was one of only three equines in there, Man o' War and Secretariat, predictably, being the other two. Alcaro, whose rides over his long, hugely successful career reads like a who's who of champions, was unequivocal that Citation was the best that he had ever ridden. But as with so many champions that we discuss here, Citation's greatness should be measured on what he did at his best, and not on the dubious decisions of those who took care of him. And at his best, he really was something truly special. To find out more about Citation and other greats from the past, check out my book, Punch a Hole in the Wind, out now and available online and in bookshops. Next time, we'll go to a different part of the world and share the exploits of another great horse from another era who could punch a hole in the wind. But until then, this is Ollie Hine signing off and saying thank you for listening. <laughs>